This is the Venturing Angler Podcast, sponsored by Nautilus Reels. In today's episode, we'll be chatting with Dirk from the Belize River Lodge and the Belize River Lodge's Long K Outpost Lodge about the great fly fishing opportunities to be had in Belize. Let's chat with Dirk. All right, thanks for having this conversation today. Um, tell us about where you're located in Belize. Um, basically, we're in central Belize. There's two different locations. There's a main lodge, and it's about three miles up the, the Belize River. And so from there, we go downriver and then out onto the flats to fish. Um, and or you can fish the river for small tarpon and snook. And we have a second location, which is about 14 miles offshore along the barrier reef on Long Key. It's a private island. Um, that actual lodge accommodates, it's a private home, and it accommodates six people. And back to the main lodge, it accommodates up to 18 people. Terrific. Um, and so uh, you're located on some of the most treasured saltwater flats in the world. Um, what are some of the salty critters that people can chase? Well, of course, on the flats, it's, it's bonefish is one of the most sought after. People love permit just because it's more of a hunt in trying to find those fish. Then it's trying to figure out how to catch those fish because they're so picky. Um, we have lots of snook. Um, we have resident tarpon that can be anywhere from 5 pounds up to 120. And then we have migratory fish that move through kind of March through June-ish. And those fish are fish that are 140 to well over 200 pounds. Wow. That's on the large tarpon. So I think a lot of people don't realize how big um, the migratory tarpon are in your neck of the woods. Yeah, they're, they're extremely big. Our, our largest tape would tape out at, at 239. No is kidding. weight, yeah. No kidding. The guy fought it for, I think it was about four and a half hours. Wow. <laughs> um, and so the resident tarpon um, are just non-migratory tarpon that, they, that are can be significantly big yeah. as well. And that's what they're finding with um, the tarpon. They usually between about 75 to about 110, 120 is when they'll start joining those schools of migratory fish that are moving through Belize. Those fish tend to move up towards Florida in the spring, and then in the fall they're moving back to the south. So uh, just earlier today I was talking with someone who's been down to um, – uh, your lodge and said that uh, there's a good case for saying this is one of the best places to fish for permit anywhere. It has, uh, it is, I think, one of the best permit fisheries. Um, actually, the whole Yucatan Peninsula is really good, but we have a variety of different flats. We've got the coral flats, we've got sand flats, we have merl flats, and the fish are feeding on those. And there's different situations where they're just in deep water. Another term people call is floating sometimes. And there's people have a lot of different names, you know, when they find permit in that situation. And they can be pretty big down there? Um, yeah, they can range <laughs> anywhere between one pound all the way to 45 pounds. 46, I think, is the lodge record. It's not bad. Yeah, it's, it's a good fish. <laughs> yeah. um, we were talking about this earlier, but uh, a friend of uh, ours, um, Zav, from the California Fly Shop has been down there, and he told me that um, he saw something that he 
uh, enjoyed calling sleeping permit. Yeah, that's that's what I was kind of talking about. When they're in between tides, permit will lo- relocate in a big open area, and they f- that's what we call floating. Some people call them sleeping because the people or the fish are just sitting there. So people go, well, what are they doing, sleeping? But really, they're just floating. They're waiting for the tide to change over, either incoming or outgoing, and that's typically when permit will start their feeding is on the incoming and or outgoing tides. So when he told me about this, I almost couldn't wrap my head around it because what I imagined was a substantial school of permit, all visible, not moving in one place. And that is exactly what happens. These fish, there might be anywhere between 30 to 300 fish in one large area just floating. When you come up upon them or going across the flat and look back and see them it just looks like a bunch of black lines and at first you think they're baby tarpon but as you move in closer all of a sudden you see that it's the floating or as he says sleeping permit and so typically you move in close to those fish um, depending on how far the person can cast in the boat and try to pick off or, or tempt the outside fish closest to you and usually if you get one following then you'll get two or three fish chasing and it makes it a little easier to catch them. That's incredible. Um, so you've got big tarpon, big permit, um, uh, bonefish, snook, um, and there's barracudas and other critters around Yeah, here. we have a lot of snook, grouper, um, snapper, barracudas. Um, outside the barrier reef, you can also pick up tuna or little um, uh, mackerel is another one. But there's other reef fish that you can catch but typically we're fishing the inland flats you know bonefish permit tarpon snook but barracuda is a really good game fish they run and jump oh no kidding oh yeah cool that's that first time i ever caught one i never well first time i ever did a saltwater trip i'd never caught a barracuda and i couldn't believe that they took line out that fast and jumped the whole time and that's so it was, it was incredible yeah. that's cool yeah um so you just mentioned the reef uh belize and, and your area um, has a lot of uh, attractive ecosystems and a lot going on historically as well. There's other mm-hmm. attractions. Yeah, there's a lot of eco tours you can do besides, you know, by the reef, the snorkeling, the diving. Um, inland, there's a lot of Mayan temples. Um, they're starting to do a lot of the like zip line adventures and cave tubing. Uh, cave trips where you hike in and see Mayan temples, not temples, but um, different Mayan, uh, I guess it was called Shabalba, which is a cave, and in there they did sacrifices, supposedly, and no one knows for sure, but they find a lot of pottery and arrowheads and skeletons sometimes, (laughs) but I mean, from, you know, three, four, five thousand years ago. Wow. That's incredible. Um... And so, so I, you have a great fishery. Um, there's, uh, I've heard from many people that they've got different favorite times of the year. Um, what are some of the uh, seasonal considerations people should have? Um, basically, the Yucatan or Belize is a year-round fishery. Um, the only fish that really people are trying to target, which is those big, big migratory tarpon, that would be more of the March through May, May or June. Um, but otherwise, it's a year-round fishery. The more you get, say, April into May, June, it tends to get a little warmer, more humid. The weather calms down, but it just the temperature stays relatively the same. It's 80 to 90 degrees most days. 
Oh, terrific. Um, is there a, a better time for these permit or? Um, permit, once again, they're a year-round fishery, but they do tend to like warmer water temperatures, which tend to occur more like April through October. Um, even though right now, this interview, this is what, late February? This January and February so far has just been phenomenal permit fishing in Belize. Like, not quite stupid, but <laughs> a lot of people are catching them with little effort. <laughs> wow. That sounds incredible. Um, so when, when uh, thinking about taking a trip down there, um, lots of things come to mind. Uh, I guess as a gear junkie myself, gear comes to mind. What are some gear considerations people should make? Uh, what might they want to pack, rods, reels? Yeah, basically we tend to fish um, 8 weights through 12 weights. Um, if you can bring 3 rods, you know, 8, 10, 12 or something that you're comfortable throwing, casting. Um, a good reel that holds plenty of line, at least 150 yards. The bigger tarpon, you'd want something that carries 250 or 300 yards. Um, then on to clothing, pretty much most of the year, it's, it's shorts and t-shirts. You do want some long, you know, sleeve shirts of some kind, just for sun protection, long pants, sunscreen, the hat, sunglasses. Um, but for the most part, you know, on the rods, you just, you know, 8 through 12 weights. And so obviously you guys have some some big fish down there um they've got some good food sources what are some flies uh people might want to tie or bring um when taking a trip with you guys yeah well all all species are a little bit different whether it's bonefish permit the snook the tarpon river tarpon or flats tarpon Um, typically you want your flies you want flies that fish close to the surface you want some flies that fish subsurface um, say three to four feet and then you want flies that fish deep or weighted flies that fish deeper whether it's bonefish permit tarpon or snook um, of course bonefish crazy charlies are a really good pattern or any pattern that looks like a small shrimp um, once again non-weighted lightly weighted and heavy weighted for bonefish permit is kind of the same thing you'd want light weighted medium weight and heavier weighted crab patterns and or shrimp patterns. Permit will chase shrimp around on a flat. Most people are used to a permit taking a crab, slowly looking around for it and tailing to it. Right. But permit are actually of the jack family and they will chase schools of fish down to, or little bait fish to eat them. Okay. So and that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize that permit, you know, you don't have to just crab fish them to catch a permit. I, yeah. The first thing that comes to mind is always crabs, so that's cool to know. Yeah. And anyway, and then on snook, snook are basically just a saltwater bass. They ambush fish is the best way to put it. You look for locations where they could be hiding and throw in different bait fish patterns depending on what depth. Sometimes they'll be in real one foot of water. Sometimes they'll be in five feet. Sometimes they'll be in 15 feet of water. So you want either fly lines and or flies that will you can use at different water depths, basically. And then on the big tarpon, same thing, whether you're in the river or on the flats, you know, lightly weighted flies, some with barbell eyes and some heavier weighted. And once again, it depends on where the fish are, whether they're on the shallow flats or if they're maybe in a channel between an island or something, or if they're in a deep section, some of the channels, or in the rivers where it's deep. Um, So same thing, you could be using weighted lines, intermediate lines, sinking lines, 
and flies that vary at different water depths to get down to those fish. And and maybe I'm way off on this, but if I'm heading down there, I want to catch some tarpon um, and might be in different waters, I might want darker flies for the river. Um, um, we've, it, that, that's a really good question because there's, there's a lot of variance there. <laughs> and typically... Yeah, darker water, darker flies, because what it is, the sunlight gives a silhouette off. But also, at the same time, you can have one guy throwing a dark-colored fly, and another guy has a chartreuse and white fly, and all of a sudden, he's catching all the fish. So, combinations that we use a lot of are red and white, um, on tarpon anyway, Um, chartreuse and white, and then just black or dark brown flies. And there's a lot of different patterns out there. I don't know to start getting into specific patterns. Yeah, but I should at least expect if I'm heading down there that there, it's actually a diverse fishery as far as right. uh, the water is, and I might want to plan accordingly. Yeah, and then also on our website we have a specific page that is fly fishing, and we actually list each fly, what's the best one, what fly shops or, or shops to get the flies from, which will help you. Excellent. Yeah. Um, as far as planning a trip down there, uh, I'd imagine you have a lot of people who had never been to Belize before. What are some planning considerations that people should make when taking a trip? Uh, main, main consideration is is it, it is a passport country, so you do need a, a valid passport. Um, you can pretty much, I think all airlines, Southwest just came on this year. Oh, great. But pretty much every, you know, United, Continental... Actually, I think Continental's United anymore. But anyway, American, <laughs> Delta. It's hard to keep track. Yeah, there's so many airlines. Um, but they all come out of most all the ma- major hubs and out of the United States. It's usually two to two and a half hour flight down. Um, the airport you're looking at would be B, uh, excuse me, BZE, and that's basically the Belize International Airport. And then from there, depending on where you're going, you could either take little... Um, uh, small aircraft that take you to the other islands or other locations. The, our main lodge, Belize River Lodge, is located just three miles from the airport, so we actually have someone that will come and pick you up right from the airport. Terrific. Whether you're staying at the main lodge or staying at Long Key Outpost. Um, that's great. And one, there's some attractive aspects to staying at the Long Key Outpost, too. Yeah, well, the, the, both have good advantages. If you like to do a lot of eco-tour stuff and Mayan temples and the adventure stuff, the main lodge is accessible because it's right there on right, the mainland. Right. But if you're on the Long Island outpost, what's nice about that location is it is a private island. You're the only ones there. And basically when you wake up in the morning, there's a flat about 300 yards right in front. So you can literally walk out and start bone fishing when you get up or right after you have your first cup of coffee or tea. And there's permit on the flat also. Wow. And so just besides the regular guide fishing in the boat, you can still come back or before you go wade out and catch a bonefish or two. Um, I have friends who go down on the Belize River Lodge all the time. They love it. They adore it. There's something that sounds like a dream about waking up, walking out on a flat <laughs> to permit. That's incredible. Usually beautiful sunrises also. Wow. Yeah. And sunsets, but yeah, it's <laughs> right. kind of neat because you're usually sitting on the, the front deck looking out and you see the tail sparkling while you're having coffee and it's like, well, the coffee can wait, I can. Ca- I need to go oh catch my a gosh. bonefish. Yeah, so it, that, it is spectacular. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So I mentioned that I have a, a number of people um, that I know who have been down there several times, uh, are, are repeat clients love going down there. Um, what would you say makes uh, your offering special? 
Oh, man, Tim, that's a loaded question there, buddy. Um, <laughs> the main lodge, um, just ease of getting to. Basically, when you come off the plane, we're, like I said earlier, we're just three miles. Someone there's kind of meet and greet. Um, then from there, once you're at the main lodge, it's probably the hospitality of all the staff. Um, we have, you know, Misha's parents run and own the lodge. Um, they're there year-round. Um, we have great Belizean food or variations of different Belizean food served every night. Um, same thing. Probably one of the other things is uh, the co- uh, coffee and the um, desserts in the evening are really good after dinner. Of course, then all the cocktails and stories of the day. Um, and from the main lodge, just the variety of fishing. There's so much available from there. You've got all the flats. You've got river fishing. You have lagoon fishing. Once you're at Long Key Outpost, it's still the same kind of food as far as Belizean cuisine. Um, staff is really accommodating. It's just your group when you're there. Anyway, and from um, the Belize River Lodge Outpost to the Long Key Outpost, um, same cuisine is served there as it is at the main lodge and desserts. Um, the, the staff is accommodating, guides are great, um, but the main thing, once again, both locations is just the variety of fish and the amount of fish that are in that area. Um, not all of them are stupid. I wish they were. and <laughs> make, make it a lot better. And uh, that probably the flat at the key is really, really nice, just to be able to walk out in the mornings and, yeah. and fish. Uh, yeah. The, both Belize River Lodge and the Long Island Outpost um, were running uh, Ponga Skiffs 23-footers, which are real good ocean-going or sea-going, depending on the chop or if it's a calm day. Um, we're usually running 50, 40 to 50 horse motors. Uh, most of them are just a couple years old. Some are three or four years. Um, English, you know, all the guides speak English. Uh, real good with casting. Most of them are becoming certified um, FFF certified instructors. Um, so if you aren't a perfect caster, they'll be able to help you help you if you'd like. And also, besides all the wide variety of fishing um, for all the different species we have, uh, the lodge has one of the highest amount of IFGA records for Super Grand Slams and Grand Slams which is either a combination of the bonefish, permit, tarpon, or snook, or any three is a grand slam. All four is a super grand slam. We have probably one of the larger amounts of grand slams and super grand slams caught in the Yucatan area. And, and fish of substantial size. Yeah, they can be, you could, you could catch a baby grand slam, I guess, which would be small fish, or you could catch a super grand slam, which would, or a grand grand slam, which would be all big, big fish. I can't stop yeah. thinking about that 45-pound permit. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Great fish. Well, Dirk, I appreciate the conversation. And, Thank you, Tim. And to uh, to learn more about uh, what the offerings down at Belize River Lodge and um, many aspects of the fishery down there, check out BeliziRiverLodge.com. And thanks again. You're welcome. Mm-hmm.